0: Hi, y'all. Welcome back to this episode of the Through My Smudge Glasses podcast. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so glad you all are listening to this episode of the podcast. Through My Smudge Glasses is a fun educational podcast dedicated to sharing stories and information about STEM subjects, social issues, and positivity. So far, the topics we have covered have ranged from COVID's impact on the brain, problems under the ocean, murder hornets, indigenous peoples and land acknowledgements and finally last week's episode was about the atomic bombs and nuclear energies as you can see we cover everything over here and it's great so if you haven't heard some of the other episodes be sure to stream them after this one also be sure to follow us on instagram so that you can keep up with the new developments in the podcast and be involved in other segments in our podcast such as the cue from you segment as well as the book club follow us at through my smudge glasses with it's spelled exactly like the podcast title all in lowercase thank you for sending through all that promo but here's the part you have been waiting for this week's episode we are going to talk about data this episode's topic was inspired by the cue from you from last week which asked what is the biggest commodity and how has it evolved over time i thought that data was a good answer at least one answer Especially when we hear so many things about Facebook and Instagram stealing our data, and TikTok possibly being banned because they are taking our data, I thought it would be interesting to really see why do they want to know so bad that we exist. First, let's start out with what data is. Data is basically information, and it's information about you. Some examples are your name, your credit card information, age, SSN, your preferences, and just other details about you. Online search histories, what people are looking at, and just everything in general about you. Why do companies want your data, and especially that specific? Let's start with a simple answer to that. Mainly, marketing at first. The main point of marketing in companies is that they want the most possible people in their target audience to use their product or website or just whatever they want their customers to do. They want to cater to everyone in their target audience. Something related to that is the concept of big data. This is something that most people hear other people that are actually knowledgeable about this kind of stuff casually mention and everyone else pretends to nod and ponder the topic at hand. Well, here to clear it up. Here's an explanation of what big data is. Big data is basically exactly what it sounds like. It's a lot of data. And what makes it special is the way that companies strategically use it. All this data helps companies learn what their customers like and use. It's the same thing as a science experiment. You have two plants, you water one, don't water the other, miraculously you find out that the water one survives and the other one dies. This is a top class science, second grade science experiment here. Your data supports that the plant that, get, that got water didn't die. This big data is crazy big though, it's hard to analyze. It has been previously broken down into these three different areas that sufficiently describe it. These three areas are commonly attributed to have been broken down by the industry analyst, Doug Laney. The first word to describe it is volume. This describes that organizations collect a great amount of data. They get this from information from all different sources. It's not just from surveys or any areas where websites explicitly say that they are using this information and obvious places where they get data. But they get data from almost everything you do on their website. That's how large this database actually is. Every click equals more data. The next word that is commonly used to describe big data is velocity. Not in the same way you remember in your nightmares from physics class, but velocity is referring to the growth of data that is happening on the internet. There are always new people visiting websites, adding to data, and there's just always more. This means that companies need to deal with the, con- the constant additions to their data. The final word that is commonly used is variety. And this goes back to the point that companies can legitimately take anything you take on the internet, turn it into data, and use it. So any kind of data is in big data. So that gave you an understanding about what data is and why exactly so many companies want it. Now ordinarily, this seems harmless to us. One example of people not considering it harmful are cookies. I'm sure you've always seen them at the bottom of a lot of websites, literally all of them. At this point, the internet and websites are holding the biggest bake sale ever. Well, what exactly are cookies, other than the baked goods? According to the sources that I've researched, cookies are basically a way that websites take information from you and use them on their own website. It's basically a way for them to personalize the website for you. It's saying, hey, I get data from you, and then we're going to use that data to personalize other stuff for you on this website, just so that we can make it better for you. Sometimes this is helpful, and people like using cookies because of this. It'll keep your items in the cart if you leave a shopping page. It'll save your username and password on certain websites just so that you can be able to log in straight away. However, this is still data, and it might not be on the scale of big data and just hold small amounts of data, but this can be misused as well. First of all, cookies can be hacked if they aren't secure. And sometimes, even if they are secure, they are hacked still because that's hacking now. Cookies hold data, and this data can be potentially harmful depending on what it contains. This means that your data is possibly being exposed here. So if you're using or entering data on a site that uses cookies, make sure that you trust the site that is using the cookies. Another oh moment here. Cookies are the reason why sometimes it seems like your computer is stalking you. It's the reason why why, when I am trying to use thesaurus.com to finish up my essay and add a little bit of spice to it, my entire shopping cart from the online window shopping at Hollister that I was doing shows up in my advertisements. Advertising companies use the cookies and data to show you advertisements that interest you. I believe that there are privacy settings on Google that can change this. Advertisers are using this to personalize your experience, but it's really definitely a marketing ploy because obviously if you're always bombarded with things that you're interested in, you're going to be more tempted to buy it than if you saw random things that weren't related to your interests. Where a lot of the problems of data collection by organizations come up is when it comes to the sharing of the data. As we know, data can be a very powerful, with and with this new era of big data, Many third-parties or websites that aren't directly collecting their company's data are willing to pay for this data because it gives them a lot of information. This data they collect in addition to what they are already getting from their customers. However, privacy becomes a big issue here, and it is referred to as data privacy. Is it a company's responsibility to keep the data private when they receive it, or is it okay for them to sell it for their own personal gain? So far, I have discovered that there is already some legislation talking about data privacy rights. Some examples of these are the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, which makes it a parent's rights to control what information websites collect about their children. The Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act says that healthcare data and all data related to it cannot be shared by two third parties. There are a lot of stipulations about what data can be shared, And this becomes a problem when companies deter from their rules because of people's personal information. Like the company is willing to let other people's hack you because they're getting paid for it without your knowledge. They have a lot of information like your credit card number and other possibly dangerous details too that are potentially getting leaked to these third parties. A famous example of people realizing that their data doesn't just stay in the company is the Facebook huge lawsuit and trials. Although it gave us amazing memes and memeable pictures, it revealed how much went on under the covers of this fun social networking site. In the lawsuit, FTC sued Facebook under the pretense that they weren't informing their users about the privacy of their data. Facebook revealed that they do indeed share data that they have with companies like apps, they are associated with, and these companies pay f- Facebook for that data. The lawsuit shook Facebook. They paid the largest civil penalty in a privacy case by needing to pay a $5 billion settlement. Part of the sell- settlement removed the famous Mark Zuckerberg as the privacy decision maker and replaced him. Facebook needed to create a new privacy policy as well. Here's the thing though, the fa- Facebook changed everything because of this lawsuit but only because they were caught. When Facebook was exposed with what it was doing and its data and that the user innocently gave to the company, the jokes about the internet knowing everything about us became a little bit more serious. How can we trust truly what's going on behind the scenes of these big organizations that have our data? I mean, we have these rules, but how can we as users truly know what's going on? Apparently, the government is concerned with data privacy between countries as well. India has banned the app TikTok from their country because there are concerns that the app is a Chinese app and that they, in their words, are stealing their data. Following in suite with India, there, have been, there has been talk about in the White House about banning TikTok in America as well. It was promoted under the same context of suspicion. That the U.S. had that China was taking data from it, their users in America and storing it and possibly using it. In fact, recently Trump declared TikTok on the same level as an emergency, as he is concerned about the data that he believes is being stolen. Although this has met been met by an angry uproar of many bored teenagers in quarantine, there's something that's happening with Microsoft possibly buying TikTok or else it being banned and TikTok is saying that they aren't going anywhere, it's all very confusing. But I guess if one day we all wake up and TikTok no no longer works, we'll know. As you can see, data and data privacy is becoming increasingly prominent now and a lot more people are becoming aware of it. Now we are going to transition to this week's segment of Q from You. This segment is when I choose one question from your submissions through Instagram and I answer that question on the podcast. Stay tuned for more details about how you can be featured as the question asker. This week, our question comes from Omana. Thank you for supporting the podcast, Omana. She asked, what is your thoughts on the renewable energy that holds the most promise? This is a really hard question because no matter how hard we push for sustainable methods of getting our energy, I think it's hard for a lot of people to imagine not having what seems like endless amounts of fossil fuel and won't take sustainable energy seriously until that's truly gone. That's really disappointing, but the push to create more sustainable energy needs to continue, so that by the time we get to that point, we're prepared. I think that truly many sustainable energies need to find a way to possibly lower their price point as well and just make it more accessible. It obviously isn't as easy as me just saying that and it happening, but accessibility is a major part of the promise for renewable energy. Renewable energy should be used as the natural environment best utilizes them as well. For example, where I live, it rains a lot, but there's not a lot of sun, so it would make more sense for us to use hydropower more instead of a lot of solar power. Farther in the south, however, the crazy amounts of sun they get, which I'm jealous of, means that solar power may be the best option for them. Nuclear energy is also something that I've been thinking about recently, and it's very controversial. But I think that it should be thoroughly investigated, because if we can indeed use it safely, it would be amazing. If not, if it's not safe to use, then I definitely don't think that it should be used. Because it could very well create disparities that already exist in a lot of ways and it could create a multitude of health problems. If you want your question featured on next week's or any other week's segment of Q from You, then be sure to follow us on Instagram at Through My Smudge Glasses, spelled exactly as the title, all in lowercase. You can be a part of other segments such as our book club that is run on there and comment about new posts and share your ideas for podcast episodes as well. This episode was actually inspired by a cue from you and comment that was a suggestion for our new podcast episode topic. That's it for this episode of the Through My Smudge Glasses podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our previous episodes that cover a lot of different topics. If you like the podcast, share the word to your family and friends. Follow the podcast and leave a great review. Anyone can stream this podcast through all common podcast streaming platforms. Follow us on Instagram at throughmysmudgeglasses, spelled like the title, all in lowercase, to participate in segments, get updates, and get updates about things like new episodes. It's fun over there. Be sure to check it out. Until next week, thank you again for listening to this episode of the Through My Smudge Glasses podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Bye till next week.